Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Neil Kenley, principal at Vistara Growth. Neil, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, Glad to be here. Excited to chat. So to kick things off, can you give us just a quick overview on yourself and Vistara so our listeners have some background? Absolutely. So I joined Vistara about three years ago to head up our our Toronto office, and I lead our, our fintech practice at Vistara, we are providers of flexible and, and creative growth capital. Uh, but ultimately, what that what that really means is we provide debt, converts, equity, kind of everything across the capital structure uh, to to businesses and and, and startups um, looking to uh, kind of continue to, uh, as we like to say, own, own their growth. Yeah, certainly a lot of talk about the fintech ecosystem from a venture capital standpoint. Um, And I'd like to start with a question that I've been asking a lot of the VCs who've been on the show lately, which is simply, what is your perspective on the current funding environment in fintech? Do you think that we're at a new stasis point now, or do you expect to see valuations and funding levels shift significantly over the next couple of years? Yeah, it's certainly been a, an interesting ride over over the past called three three or so years as as things have shifted uh, pretty materially both both up and down. Where we are today, ultimately, I think the the, the goalposts have moved for for founders and and VCs, frankly, where the expectation is uh, continue to to grow, but do so more and more profitably. Uh, deeper looks at unit economics, etc. Um, and what that what that has effectively done is created an environment where. The top companies and those that have been able to to make adjustments to reach that or at least a path to profitability uh, see funding in 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 large numbers, uh, and those that are still working to to make their way there um, need to find stop gaps and buffers to uh, to to continue to to meet those plans. Yeah, I think this is one of those areas that obviously, you know, there should be more focus on profitability, but there's also this balancing act because in many cases, some of the most successful fintech companies, you know, aren't profitable for quite a while before they end up becoming really profitable. How do you kind of look at that balance and and sort of say, you know, is it it about demonstrating real-time profits now, or is it just more about having a a clear path to profitability, which is kind of the, the bigger factor, do you think, at the moment? Yeah, I think that 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 path to profitability is is incredibly important, um, but also a reduction in burn from from historical levels for those that were burning significantly. I think that there is, I think we're certainly in a in a in a show me market and not a not a tell me market is probably a good way to good way to put it. Where if you can really demonstrate that growth is there, that you have the ability to uh, run run lean and run efficiently, uh, that 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 can work out really well. But really need to have those proof points under 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 the belt. Yeah, I think burn rate is a really important one as well, because for a little while there, we were operating in a system where um, there was not really too much of an incentive for people to rein in the budget at all, right? There are some uh, outlandish things happening in the fintech space. You think, well, you probably could get away 
without spending quite that much money. But now I think you're know, looking at it just from being slightly more disciplined, right? Slightly more serious and intentional about where the funding is going and, and getting that return is, is obviously something that's going to be really important. And I sincerely hope that whatever happens to the funding ecosystem, um, we keep that more disciplined nature because it is really good for the industry. And it's the, the quality of products and innovations that come out of the startup community will, will undoubtedly be uh, better based on some of these pieces. Um, I also want to talk a little bit be, about a, a different topic here because fintech founders don't need to be completely reliant on one type of capital source. Can you talk about some of the other forms of capital that founders should be aware of? Yeah, uh, of course. I think the, the the number one thing that is most uh, most founders think about when when raising money is is equity, and that's certainly one one form of capital, and, and makes a lot of sense in in some scenarios. But as as founders look to to other potential solutions, especially in interesting markets like this, uh, there is bank debt, there's growth debt, which is where we focus on at, at Vistara, more traditional traditional venture debt. There are revolvers, uh, convertible notes, uh, royalty structures, kind of you you name it. There are there are, there are interesting ways to uh, to fund businesses kind of a, across the board. So what are some of the advantages of of going with some of those other routes instead of the more traditional equity path? Yeah, so with, with equity, of course, a, a, a big part of what you're doing is is selling a portion of your business uh, to to a VC, which has a has a has a ton of benefits, but uh, or can have a ton of benefits, I should say. Uh, as you look at some of these other other funding options, uh, typically what you're going to see is is something that is a, a lot less dilutive than the equity side, and 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 from while there's while there's different costs associated with each one. Ultimately, on the from from a debt perspective, uh, especially on a growth debt perspective, you can you can typically fund your business in a way where you're maintaining a significant portion of your business uh, upon exit. We have a number a number of our companies in our in our portfolio founders own 50, 60, 70 percent of their businesses upon exit uh, to fantastic outcomes, eight, nine, nine figure figure exits. Can you talk a little more about the structure of that kind of growth debt? You know how those deals are typically put together and and, and what they look like at all, at the at the start. At Vistara, we are investing anywhere from ten to to forty million dollars through these structures, uh, and typically what they look like is a three to five year non amortizing term loan. So you're not paying back principal over the period of time. Uh, with a bullet payment at the end, so kind of at the at that maturity level, at that maturity point, you're able to go. You you'd able to look to refinance that with other debt, equity, um, or some other form of some other form of capital to 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 refinance that facility. Along the way, there is of course an interest payment associated with it, which can be a mix of cash as well as as well as an accrued payment, which doesn't come out to reduce overall outflows of the business. And then as we see it, you would use that capital to invest how you please. So continuing to invest in sales and marketing, product, uh, et cetera, to continue to grow the, the enterprise value of your business. How does that change the dynamic? Because I know a lot of the times when you engage with a venture capitalist, you do kind of give them the ability to come in and weigh in on some of those big, important decisions around the company itself. Is that different with the kind of uh, growth debt model? Is, it, is there more control maintained by the part of the founders? Yeah, ultimately, where when we look to partner with with founders, that is, we we trust those individuals and and look for them to be good good stewards of capital. We typically look for a board observer seat, uh, where where we where we can help and advise and try to be true true growth partners. We we see us as 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 growth capital. We happen to structure as debt, which has some has has something different than from, from than equity from a structuring perspective. But ultimately, as as 
a use of proceeds as a way that we want to work with our with our companies. Uh, we try to see ourselves very closely. We we happen to we happen to structure this way. Uh, we're not a we're not a bunch of bankers who uh, we're not we're not bankers who 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 happen to uh, focus on startups. We're, we we think about ourselves as growth investors who who happen to use debt. How common is this? Are you pretty unique at Vistara, or is it something that you're seeing more of in the space? We're starting to see more and more of more and more of it, especially as folks are are trying to wrangle valuations from 2021 and 2020, early 2022, where capital has been raised, and and ultimately folks are looking to to continue to to grow and invest in their businesses, but trying to avoid things like down rounds um, or 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 potentially challenges with raising additional capital. Uh, that could be an, an interesting solution to to that, where we're not pricing equity in the moment. Um, but you can continue to to continue to invest in in your business and and grow. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really interesting concept. So when you talk to fintech founders, what advice do you give them about you know where they should be thinking here? How how do they go about deciding what kind of capital source is right for them? Yeah, ultimately the the in in our view, the use of proceeds, the maturity or stage of the company plays a big role as to 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 whether you should be taking debt, equity or 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 something in between. Uh for us, we we typically invest in companies that are 10 million plus in in, in ARR, um, which creates a, a level of scale and stability. And, and typically, there is a a, a go to market motion that that exists. Uh, maybe there's some additional investment being made into product or sales to continue to grow that to grow the enterprise value of the business in a in a in a in a fairly secure and and stable way. Of course, there'll be there'll be bumps along the road, and and we're partners in that process, but. For earlier stage companies, though, that are taking more kind of bet the company moments or investments, uh, equity likely makes a little bit more sense there uh, over, overall. Uh, and then there's also things in between us or or even less, quote unquote, risk, riskier capital like bank debt, um, which is typically goes alongside a uh, goes alongside an equity round for us. And, and the way we think about growth debt is equity is not required to, to come in alongside Uh and, and ultimately, it really is a, a risk return profile on on the business and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, and, and certainly, I think it's good for founders to be aware of the options that they have. And I think also, it's good for them to be aware of what the trade-offs are. I think a lot of founders early on perceive equity in the company as, as something which they have a ton of, right? And they do. You have a lot of equity in the company. You can trade that equity to to get capital that you need right now. But that that equity is not inexhaustible. And, and I think treating it like it's a precious commodity, or at least looking at how much you're actually getting for that, and, and what other sources you could potentially accomplish that same capital raise with, with uh, slightly, maybe not cheaper uh, cost, but a different type of cost is, is really interesting. And it's something which I think a lot of companies should be spending a lot more time thinking about. We've always had this role at Finnovate where we talk to a lot of early stage companies. And one of the things I always like to tell them is, you know, don't take capital for no reason. Make sure that you have something that you, a concrete need that you need to spend that money on. It's not about getting your valuation as high as it can be in the first couple of years. It's about building the team and the tools that you need to become successful. And you start thinking about your company valuation much further down the road. And, and hearing you talk about some of these other options, I think is really intriguing. And I certainly hope that a lot of the companies that are listening to this go out there and do a little bit of digging on what, what options are available to them. I'd like to to end by coming back up to the really high level 
and looking broadly at you know the the types of opportunities that you're seeing in the fintech space, both in terms of what your portfolio is actively targeting, but also just more broadly, where are the opportunities right now for fintech innovators to really come in and make a big difference? Yeah, we're, what we're seeing in an area that we've we've had a lot of success in the past, where we where we continue to focus is 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 startups and and businesses selling into financial institutions to to effectively modernize them. Uh, a lot of these, whether they're regional banks or or even some of the some of the large institutional tier one banks, use legacy systems where they're they're basically maintaining them themselves, or 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 they're a a collection of other uh, of other tools that can effectively be amalgamated and 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 brought onto the cloud and. and can can successfully uh, can successfully be improved. We're we're seeing that tremendously across whether it's the platform folks use to to manage their their credit card systems or product and pricing and their in as they think about core modernization. We have we have companies in our portfolio that focus specifically on those areas and have been have been tremendously successful. So ultimately, the the improvement and and uh, enhancement of of legacy core systems. Uh, we see as a as an area where there's going to be tremendous success and and frankly continued growth uh, into the future. Yeah, certainly there's no shortage of opportunity down that side of it as well. Um, do you look at all at any of the kind of B two C plays, or is that something which you think is a little bit more difficult in the in the fintech space right now? Yeah, it's not it's not an area we we focused on. We've we we certainly have looked at opportunities in that in that area in the past. Uh, for us, a, a number of times, getting down deep deep into the unit economics of those businesses, those often look like good equity equity bets um, where there is significant upside. On the debt side, that's a little bit a little bit more challenging for us, uh, as oftentimes there are significant sales and marketing dollars being put to to capture customers and ensuring that those folks stay with you for a long time uh, can be a little challenging. Not saying we 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 haven't looked or won't continue to look at them, but still looking for the right opportunity. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things too, where there's just so much opportunity right now on the side of the financial institutions who quite frankly, desperately need the help in many cases, um, that there's always going to be room for a good B2C play. But I, I tend to agree with you that it looks more like the opportunities on the B2B side, or even the B2B to C side are, are going to be a little bit bigger in the short term, potentially for the next couple of years as well. Um, well, I'm afraid we're out of time there. We're going to leave the conversation here. But Neil, thank you so much for for joining me. Thanks. Thanks a ton for having me. It's a great chat. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.